Welcome back to the book podcast, and we are now with uh, Proust, the journey with Proust. We've been reading for seven episodes, and now we're going to have a little bit more. So we're just going to continue with uh, the the process where he's waking up and he's, uh, he's still getting the fragments of, of memory, of, uh, of imagination, of his dreams, and then gradually we get more and more uh, fuller picture or kind of the substance in the sense of his childhood coming back and his the way he's perceiving and experiencing the world as a child which is one of the main overall themes of the whole book is to kind of transport yourself back to, into a childlike way of thinking about the world and then gradually expanding it and, and nuancing it and, and maturing it so and there we would all stay hanging on the words we should fall from my grandmother's lips when she brought us back a report of the enemy, as though there had been some uncertainty among a vast number of possible invaders. And then, soon after, my grandfather would say, I can hear Swan's voice. And indeed, one could tell him only by his voice, for it was difficult to make out his face with its arched nose and green eyes under a high forehead fringed with hair, almost red hair, dressed in the present style because in the garden we used as little light as possible so as not to attract mosquitoes. And I would slip away as though not going for anything in particular to tell them to bring out the syrups for my grandmother made a great point, thinking it nicer of their not being allowed to seem anything out of the ordinary, which we kept for visitors only. Although a far younger man, Monsieur Swan was very much attached to my grandfather who had been an intimate friend in his time of Swan's father, an excellent but an eccentric man in whom the least little thing would, it seemed, often check the flow of his spirits and divert the current of his thoughts. Several times in the course of a year, I would hear my grandfather tell a table, a table tell a story which never varied of the behavior of Monsieur Swan, the elder, upon the death of his wife, by whose bedside he had watched day and night. My grandfather, who had not seen him for a long time, hastened to join him at Swan's family property on the outskirts of Combray and managed to entice him for a moment, weeping profusely, out of the death chamber, so that he would not be present when the body was laid in its coffin. They took a turn or two in the park where there was a little sunshine. Suddenly, Monsieur Swan seized my grandfather by the arm and cried, Oh, my dear old friend! How fortunate we are to be walking here together on such a charming day. Don't you see how pretty they are, all these trees, my hawthorns, and my new pond on which you have never congratulated me? You look as glum as a nightcap. Don't you feel this little breeze? Ah, whatever you may say, it's good to be alive all the same, my dear Amadie. And then, abruptly, the memory of his dead wife returned to him, and probably thinking it too complicated to inquire into how, at such a time, he could have allowed himself to be carried away by an impulse of happiness. He confined himself to a gesture which he habitually employed whenever any perplexing question came into his mind. That is, he passed his hands across his forehead, dried his eyes, and wiped his glasses. And he could never be consoled for the loss of his wife but used to say to my grandfather, 
during the two years for which he survived her. It's a funny thing now. I very often think of my poor wife, but I cannot think of her very much at one time. Often, but a little at a time, like poor old swan, became one of my grandfather's favorite phrases, which he would apply to all kinds of things. And I should have assumed that this father of swans had been a monster if my grandfather, whom I regarded as a better judge than myself, and whose word was my law and often led me in the long run to pardon offenses which I should have been inclined to condemn, had not gone on to exclaim, but, after all, he had a heart of gold. For many years, albeit, and especially before his marriage, Mr. Swan the Younger came often to see them at Combray. My great-aunt and grandparents never suspected that he had entirely ceased to live in the kind of society which his family had frequented. Or that, under the sort of incognito which the name of Swan gave him among us, they were harboring, with the complete innocence of a family of honest innkeepers who have in their midst some distinguished highwayman and never know it, one of the smartest members of the jockey club, a particular friend of the Comte de Paris and of the Prince of Wales, and one of the men most sought after in the aristocratic world of the Fabor Saint-Germain. Okay, so we're going to stop it there. This is uh, one of those places in the in the beginnings of the book, The Swan's Way, where, you, where we are more and more just living in in the childhood memory. Proust is not making any, any specific comments here. Uh, the only thing you might say is when he says he, has a, he had a heart of gold, it's, it's a little bit of a, a moral reflection or kind of a, a way of sometimes you conclude if you think about a person which is a complicated <laughs> a complicated person or or something then you can just well but it's a a heart of gold is a is something you might uh, use as a conclusion on something so that's the in some sense the the, the most kind of uh, reflection timeless proust-ish comment within this little passage and the rest of it is more the proust storyteller where he just goes into detail and describes Monsieur Swan and his father and and um, just minute details of everyday life. And then you will see quickly like how this might go on for a, uh, some paragraphs or a few pages and then you get the, the deep timeless reflections again, which is one of the main rhythms in the whole work. Okay, so we're going to stop it there and um, also welcome everyone who's listening to this on iTunes. It just got... Uh, approved and listed on iTunes today so that's a that's always a fun fun little <laughs> step in a, in a in a new podcast so uh we stop there thank you so much for listening and we'll be back soon <laughs>